Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. It is Monday, June 13th, and you are listening to another edition of the West of the Rest podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast feed. My name is Blair Angulo, and filling in for my usual co-host, Brandon Huffman, is national recruiting analyst Andrew Rivens, who is an honorary member of the West of the Rest. He was out West this past weekend. Andrew, we got to hang out for a couple of days in the, in, the, in the Las Vegas heat for the inaugural overtime OT7 tournament. It was a fantastic event, maybe one of the most loaded events that, that we've been to in, in quite some time in terms of the sheer star power. But first of all, I want to ask you, how are you recovering? I don't think I'm a dry heat guy. Uh, I've, I've established that after a Sunday elimination day where, where temperatures were in like 110 degrees. I can't imagine these kids playing in that stuff. And, you know, in Florida, we got the humidity and I just think I'm a little more used to that. So I, I'm recovering, you know. Part of the part of the gig is doing the red eye flights and all that stuff. So I'm ready to rock. Dude, I like it. I like it. And uh, the first thing I did when I got back was get my, you know, those massagers. I don't want to name the brand that I have because we're not sponsored, no free but <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no free, free advertisement. advertisement. But yeah, I, I had to run that thing through my legs. It's yeah, it was a grind, especially on Friday where I was able to go out to Bishop Gorman um, and stand on my feet with our colleague, Chris Singletary for another four hours, which was a lot of fun. I needed a, a bit of sugar, but unfortunately, Andrew, and we were talking about this, the main attraction from some of these official visits there are they are in full swing here in the month of June. We haven't been seeing the cookie cake. Yeah, I, what happened to the cookie cake? And it, it has been replaced by luxury cars. <laughs> I, I don't know when this shift happened. I think you got some theories out there, but that is the new hot thing in the world of of college football visits is getting an extremely expensive car and somehow getting it on your field and then doing a photo shoot with your with your top targets. I, it seems like every weekend someone else is doing one. I know Florida just had a Lamborghini out there for Jaden Rashada and a few other guys. And, um, you know, you're saying Samson Okalona, Oka, uh, the offensive tackle out of Massachusetts. He was at Michigan State and they had some car out there. It's just, it's wild to me. Um, but it, I guess in the name image likeness era, it makes some sense, especially when most of these guys are getting car deals. Yeah. And I remember last year during the summer, uh, Oklahoma had their annual champion barbecue event. And I think that's when I first started to to realize that this was happening. I don't know if, if it's happened before then, but I did remember last year, summer of 2021, four or five luxury vehicles parked in the end zone, recruits going out and taking photos. And you know, it's unfortunate because the cookie cake had a nice little run. Uh, and what what was that costing these schools? Maybe 15 bucks a head? Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for the small mom and pop shops in all these college towns that were cranking out cookie cakes uh, a couple weekends a year. Now, now you need yeah. to be a, a luxury auto auto broker. Um, yeah. To, just, to the benefits. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just as Lucy was was getting the the logo right what, with, with all the frosting and, and making sure that it, that it matched the exact colors 
owners of all these teams, uh, they go out and and start changing it for some some candy some some candy colored cars. Uh, but let's get into the OT7. It was a phenomenal event. I thought it was uh, very very well executed. Uh, apart from that Sunday championship round uh, in, in the what 110 112 degrees, uh, the other three days was an, as an evening session uh, each night, and I, I thought it made for some really terrific and uh, really scintillating action. I thought you know we were able to see a lot of players uh, in a short amount of time, and it was I thought was you know well run with with the way that seven on seven has gone. No one is saying that it's football. No one is saying that you know. It, that's where the offers are earned, but it does provide us a really good opportunity to evaluate uh, certain characteristics, competitiveness, speed, vision for some of these quarterbacks, the accuracy, all that stuff. Um, and I thought it was terrific. You had a, a, a very cool piece where you put together a dream team of the inaugural OT7 event. Um, and let's get into it. You know, at quarterback, you have Nico Iamaleava, the Tennessee commit, who, by the way, was in a G wagon during his visit to, to Knoxville. Uh, so we're getting back to the car thing, but Dante Moore was a very close second when we're, when we're considering the quarterbacks. Yeah, Dante Moore, he uh, he played for Cam Newton's C1N team, and he carried them to the championship game, and C- C1N ended up falling to the South Florida Express, who I describe as, as a group with a, a rock star-like roster. I mean, they had tons of star power, but I, I'm just a huge Nico fan. You, you know, he wasn't there Thursday, showed up Friday, was our alpha dog on Friday, came out Saturday, uh, I thought was the most consistent of, of the big-name quarterbacks there. And then on Sunday, early on in the day, his team was facing some adversity, and I hate using that word in football games, but they were trailing, uh, and Nico let a, let a comeback, and then he almost did it in the next round, which would have got them in, I think, to the final four of the Elite Eight. His arm talent is just, it, it's it's jaw-dropping. I mean, if you spend uh, 20 minutes watching him, you're going to come away going, this is one of the best arms I've ever seen in my life. It's unique. It, it's rare. He's kind of got like a, a shoulder-level arm slot, and, and when I watch him, you know, what I keep thinking is, there's so much more he's going to he there's so much more that he can become i mean he the arm is not married to the footwork in the lower half right now i mean i think he's still kind of freelancing there so once he gets coached up it's going to be scary because there's not many guys that can just whip it the way he does and i kind of relate it to like a baseball pitcher you know sometimes you look at one of those guys and it's like man how's this guy throw so fast but it's just the mechanics and um he he was super super impressive the other thing i liked about him is he was not afraid to push the ball down the field you know some of these guys and I know it's a product of, of who's calling plays and for what seven on seven organization but like Dante Moore he never really took many vertical shots it was a lot of short to intermediate things a lot of scripted things Nico on the other hand I mean he wasn't afraid to throw it into a tight window and, and make it and force his receiver to make a play so he, he remains probably my favorite quarterback in the in the class of 2023 I know he's ranked number three in our rankings right now number three overall uh, but uh, if you are a Tennessee fan, I think I've said this like 15 times uh, over the past week, you got to be super excited about him. Yeah, you've got to be elated, ecstatic. You, you've got to be super optimistic about his potential in Knoxville. And I, I really think that you hit it on the head there where you mentioned his arm angles, right? The way, the way he's able to whip the ball out. Uh, and, and at times it, it looks like he's testing himself, right? Like he can make a, a simple throw or he can hit a receiver here on, to, you know, on, on the flat or, or go over the middle for the easy completion. But there are times where I, I see him pre-snap and he recognizes, okay, I might have this really cool opportunity to make a really fun throw here. Like, a, like, a, like he's out there not only testing himself, but he, I think he's having fun. And 
he didn't have the level of receiver that maybe some of these other quarterbacks had, right? You, you, you talk about South Florida Express and all the weapons that they had on their way to the championship with Malachi Nelson, the USC quarterback commit. Uh, Dante Moore, I, I would assume in, in my eye, had more weapons than Nico, yeah. but I, I thought Nico made the most of, of what he had on his team. Um, and he was terrific. I, I I think I'm right there with you. I think his upside puts him over the top for me because you look at him and he's he's gangly. He's out there wearing the pajamas. He's loose. He's kind of he's he's kind of got like a Snoop Dogg vibe to him, right? And in terms of like his demeanor and like and the way he's like walking around, like and and I'm not saying that because he's going to go play at Long Beach Poly for his senior year and that's where Snoop Dogg went. But I just think that the way he carries himself gives him that opportunity at the next level to really take chances. And I think he's going to be able to take those steps in his development um, and not put too much pressure on himself. A lot has been made about his NIL deal and, and you know, the, everything that comes with that, the attention, the spotlight, the expectations. But this is a player who I think really thrives in that when he knows that everyone's watching him, when he knows that all eyes are on him. Um, and, and is that a, is that a Tupac lyric, by the way? Um, so I'm kind of keeping it west coast here uh but i do i, I do think that he, he's special and and, and you know in a, in, a, in a year or two maybe we could look back and say this was the best quarterback in this class so we'll, we will we will we will continue to monitor that i think it's it's not over and uh the elite 11 finals are coming up at the end of the month as well so we'll be able to see all the quarterbacks in can that I, same setting can i fire this in there as well uh you know nico isn't the most known court, uh, recruit in this class that's obviously arch manning uh given the last name um but i think the average sports fan knows who he is like he's a known commodity because of that nil stuff but i he it, nico signed autographs for tons of kids took tons of photos i mean i pulled them side because I wanted to, I, I'm, I'm going to write something about the pajamas and, and when he started wearing those, I was, it was doing a little story and I have no relationship with Nico. I mean, obviously he knows I work for 24 seven sports, but he was super nice. You know, sometimes these kids, I like to call it, they get poisoned. They become bigger than, you know, the, the, the head grows, the ego grows, but Nico didn't have any of that. And I was, I was just uh, surprised, you know, I, I, I was expecting the complete opposite. So I thought that was interesting. You know, it reminded me when I met Zion uh, Williamson uh, out in Las Vegas. Vegas just happened to be in Las Vegas and, and he was just kind of in his purest form. So I'm a fan and uh, I can't wait to see him play on Saturdays. Noted high school football fan Zion Williamson. He made it out to a St. John Bosco game a few years ago when his NBA team was in town to play the Lakers. Uh, and he just <laughs> went out to the sideline and was hanging out watching high school football. So we're bringing it all, all back to, to the same thing. Uh, at running back, Andrew, you had Ruben Owens. The running backs get lost in seven on seven. It's a bit tough to really highlight them or to, to really exploit them uh, in, in a way, unless you flex them out or you put them in motion or whatever it may be. But he was terrific all weekend long as well. Yeah, I think you could, you know, if you didn't know the name and, and where he's ranked and, and what he does in, in the state of Texas, you would have probably thought he was a wide receiver because he just ran routes that well. Uh, this is my second time seeing Ruben Owens in a seven on seven setting. And I just think he mixes gears so well. He knows how to create separation. He's sure handed. And, you know, I, I don't know if he's the best pass catcher in the class of, of 2023. I think Cedric Baxter, who's right behind him in, in, in the pecking order when it comes for us in terms of running backs. Uh, but he's he's special. And I think it's surprising when I looked at his stats, like he's only assuming his stats are correct on, on Max Preps, our, our partner, he's only caught 20 passes 
uh, at the varsity level. I mean, but this looks like a guy that's gotten 40, 50 balls. So he was he was awesome. And you know that that recruitment's a, a Texas TCU. I think I saw his dad wearing TCU gear on the sidelines. Louisville's in there, Texas A&M. So someone's going to get a good one in him. I think so too. He's going to be special. And he's one of those players that, like I mentioned with running backs, it's seamless for him. He can go out there and make plays and he doesn't really get lost in the shuffle at receiver. And at tight end, we're going five wide here. You had Brandon Innes, Jurion Dickey, the Oregon commit, Noah Rogers, Bryson Rogers, the Ohio state commit, as well as Tennessee commit, Ethan Davis. Yeah. I mean, the the big thing here, and and I want to talk about Ethan Davis, because I think I'm the president of his fan club. So I'm going to get to him, but you mentioned Brandon Ennis, right? Uh, Noah Rogers and Bryson Rogers. Bryson Rogers is already committed to Ohio State. Then you have Noah, Noah Rogers, and, and Brandon Ennis. And the crystal ball is trending in Ohio State's direction for both those guys. And then there's a fourth receiver that was out there, Carnell Tate, who Ohio State seems to be in somewhat good position with. They're still battling Tennessee and Notre Dame. But realistically, the Buckeyes did sign all four of those guys I just mentioned. So Ennis, Rogers, Rogers, and Carnell Tate. And I think if that were to happen after having watched these guys run around in, in, in the Las Vegas desert for four days, that would be one of the greatest uh, wide receiver hauls like ever, I, I would think, the, in the modern recruiting era. And it makes sense. I mean, Brian Hartline, we saw what he did, Zone 6 did in the most recent NFL draft. Um, they produce elite wideouts. And I think kids have taken notice. I think kids like the offense and what's going on there in Columbus. So uh, that was my big takeaway with the wide receivers. Like, if you're a big 10 defensive coordinator, like I'd be not panicking, but maybe trying to find another job just uh, because I'm gonna have to be tasked with covering all these guys at some point down the line. So those guys are all good. Jerrion Dickey, my first real exposure to him. I know Blair, he's a guy out there on the West Coast. You know, to me, he's a guy that needs to move up in the rankings for us. I, I Cooper Patagna, you know, uh, our colleague, I, he, he told me coming into the event that he thought Dickie could be uh, inside our top 32, which would mean he's a five-star prospect. And I got to agree. He's super explosive. I, I think he's the the best there is, at least at the tournament, when it comes to running that little post-corner route. I mean, he made uh, defensive backs look silly. He plays with a ton of pace. He's twitched up. Um, and when you look at his body, he's still got some, some growth potential. He's going to see a physical transformation, I think, once he's in a college strength program. So stock up for me there. Um, but it was, overall, it was it was a, a very very talented group of receivers, and I th- think that just reflects the class of 2023 a, a, as a whole. I mean, there's a ton of dudes out there that can uh, move the chains and score touchdowns. Yeah, Jaron Dickey, very impressive. Um, I think the only thing missing for Oregon right now is that quarterback, right? And and they don't have one right now uh, under Kenny Dillingham or or Dan Landing in this first class, this first true class for that program. But Jaron Dickey could be a a big big time kind of like a building block right like a, a cornerstone of this of this first true class for the ducks and you mentioned being the the president of the ethan davis uh fan club andrew what made him such a special player this past weekend i mean there's just not many guys his size that move uh the way he does you know we have no real verified information on ethan davis but this is my third or fourth time seeing him play live uh, i've seen him in pads seen him work out at his high school and, and then saw him out at the ot7 i think this is the best he's ever looked. He's a big body, 6'4", 6'5". You know, we list him at 221 pounds. I think he's probably north of that. But he played on the outside for the Trillion Boys. Uh, shout out, great 7-on-7 seven seven name. And he was just a, a mismatch all weekend. He, he can move. I think he's got some Brevin Jordan 
in his game. I think he's like a bigger version uh, of Brevin Jordan. You remember the former Bishop Gorman tight end who who played at Miami, had a, had a great career there, and is now with the Houston Texans. I, I see some of that in him. And you know, when he committed to Tennessee, it was right before the early signing period uh, when so many people were just dialed into the class of 2022. So I think he kind of flew under the radar. But to me, he's a massive get for the Tennessee Volunteers uh, with Nico potentially throwing him passes one day. Like I, I think he has all SEC type potential. And I feel confident saying this just because the more I learn about him, the more I like. I mean, he scored 43 points in a playoff basketball game uh, this past winter. Um, he had some basketball offers. I know Ole Miss was talking to him about playing both sports, but you know, putting up that that many points in a game uh, is extremely difficult to do. Um, so that just shows how talented he is. So uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of Ethan Davis. I, I don't know where he'll finish in our rankings, but again, and I keep saying this, man, if you're a Tennessee fan, you got to be excited about the future. We're going to take a short break, but after the break, we're going to continue our conversation on the defensive standouts of the OT7 tournament. You are listening to the West of the Rest podcast eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are back on the West of the Rest podcast here. Blair Angulo with Andrew Ivins, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports. He was at the OT7 Championships, and he's got a really cool piece over at 247sports.com looking at the dream team from this inaugural event in Las Vegas. Let's start at linebacker on the defensive side of the ball. This is a player from, from the West Coast uh, who you got a chance to see and and were really impressed with, Tausili Akana, the number one edge rusher, who you came up to me. You're like, oh, this guy. I could be an off-ball linebacker. <laughs> I'm glad you said his first name, so I don't have to say it. I just, I just call him Akana. I mean, I, I, I or, or you can call I, him Sealy. He goes by Sealy. Okay, Sealy, Sealy. Um, yeah, he, he was playing for Nico's team on the defensive side of the ball. To me, I don't know a ton about the kid. Obviously, I'm in Florida. He's in Utah, but that's a guy that the Pac-12 I think has to keep home. You know, he's he's a pass rusher by trade. That's that's where he's going to make his money. But I thought over the course of the four-day tournament, he showed that he could not only drop back into his zone but he can also kind of stick one-on-one with, with tight ends and running backs coming out of the backfield. He, he knows how to redirect guys. And, you know, with what we're seeing in, in, in modern football and so many schemes want, want their edge players to do a variety of different things, I, I think Akana 
Carolina can do just that. I think he can rush on, you know, second and third down. And, and then on first down, he can drop back and give you a, a little different look. So he was awesome over the course of the tournament. You know, the SEC is coming after him. And I, I'm, I'm really not surprised. I think he takes, what, an official visit to LSU here in, in a few weeks. Um, but he's he's a special talent there in, in the state of Utah. Yeah, it's how Celia kind of just got back from an eight school, eight day road trip. Uh, and he's he told me Texas was a standout school. He liked Auburn. He liked Tennessee. Uh, and then he obviously liked LSU. He will be taking an official visit later this month. And we'll head out to Oklahoma at the end of July, right before the season starts. Uh, and you mentioned the Pac-12 needing to keep him close to home. Right now, I would say Utah and Oregon are the two schools that have the best chance. But if I were to bet against the Pac-12 and take the field, right now I would take the field, Andrew. So uh, the Pac-12 maybe playing a little bit of catch-up with Tausili Akana, the four-star edge rusher from the state of Utah. At cornerback, you had Malik Muhammad, Jaleel Hurley, an Alabama commitment, as well as Desmond Ricks headlining the the dream team for that 7-on-17. Can I just say this? I, I think people don't realize how hard it is to play cornerback, like at, at a high level. You know, there was there was a lot of highly ranked corners out there. Cormani McLean was one of them. You know, Cormani McLean got got beat a few different times throughout the course of the weekend. But to me, I'm not panicking. I mean, it, it's easy to point the finger at a cornerback when you see them getting beat, but it, it's what they do on the plays that that they don't give up a pass that they, they probably don't get a lot of credit for. So Malik Muhammad, he played opposite uh, of Cormani and in SFE secondary and SFE obviously won the tournament but just talking with their coaches they kept saying he's our best defender he's our best defender and I agree just based on the eye test I mean Malik Muhammad he's twitched up he's got some length in the arms um, and he's really instinctual and, and he broke up a, a few passes I don't think he came down with an interception but it was a super impressive outing uh, for him, you know, I thought he was the most consistent for the South Florida Express. Texas A&M's in there. Alabama's in there. Texas is in there. So he's one that the, all the big boys are after. Uh, and for good reason. Jaleel Hurley, he physically just looks the part. I mean, he's all of 6'2". Uh, long arms and he's not even really filled out you know he was really good with the hand checks and just getting aggressive from that five to ten yard range without getting flagged I, I thought that was notable also good good instincts I, I like his attitude you know Auburn was trying is trying to flip him to Alabama but he, he he's all about Alabama he told me a few weeks ago he was up in Tuscaloosa and he actually camped and like worked out for Nick Saban and went through drills which is so rare to see I mean most of these kids just want to be wine to dine for you know kind of an expression there uh, on these visits, but Hurley showed up and and Saban put him through some drills, and I thought that just kind of describes his his lunch pail mentality. He wants to be the best and, and learn from the best. Desmond Ricks, you know, he could probably play for a lot of uh, Power Five programs out there it, this upcoming season. I, he's just that talented. He too, you know, he probably gave a, a few passes, but man, he's long. He's got the speed. He's got the ball skills, and he looks like a future CB one for a college football playoff contender. So it, it was a it was a deep group of cornerbacks, just like it was a deep group of, of wide receivers. Brandon Strozer, uh, who's who's headed to Clemson, I, I was super impressed with him. I think he's a guy in the conversation for a, a possible fourth star. Um, Dijon Johnson, uh, Ohio State commit, I, I liked a lot of him. So strong group of corners, but probably my favorite two, Malik Muhammad uh, and Jaleel Hurley. 
it's a tough job out there. It's it's called a passing. <laughs> it's called a passing tournament, right? So you're and you're going up against the Dante Moores, the Nico Iamaleavas, the Malachi Nelsons, the Jaden Davis. Uh, that quality of quarterback uh, in every game, and you're going up against the receivers that we just mentioned in the first segment. Uh, it's going to be tough, but uh, a lot of these guys stood out. You went with a three safety look and three corners and just one linebacker. Kudos to the teams that actually go with three linebackers and two corners and two safeties. Uh, you're the real MVPs. Uh, but at safety, you had Conrad uh, Hussey, the Penn State commit, Damon Fagan, as well as KJ Bolden. Yeah, Steve Voltfong, our colleague, he was out there on Saturday night with me, which is when Conrad Hussey kind of had his coming out party. I didn't get two interceptions for, for DEFCON. He's a guy I've been tracking for a long time. I don't know if I've said it on this podcast. Maybe it was the Penn State podcast, but uh, someone I've had my eyes on. He's at St. Thomas Aquinas, which is literally five minutes from my house. And the first time I met him, I mistook him for Jordan Jordan Battle, the Alabama safety, because they have the similar size. And I think Conrad has progressed immensely here over the past six, eight months. You know, he, he broke the all-important 11-second mark in the 100-meter dash, which was which was surprising to me. I didn't know he had that type of speed. But he, I, I think he could be a field safety, a box safety. But over the weekend, he was actually playing outside cornerback. And he had a ton of success there, like I said, jumping routes and, and getting some, some interceptions. I, I think Penn State was ahead of the curve with him. You know, if he wasn't committed to Penn State right now, I think a lot more schools would be calling, especially after that spring evaluation period when they would got a chance to see him. So stock up for Conrad Hussey. I'm sure uh, Mr. Wilt Fong will be, you know, nudging me to, to, to move him up in the rankings and, and for good reason. Uh, Damon Fagan, he too was right down the road for me uh, at, at American Heritage uh, in, in plantation. He had three interceptions. He's kind of a, got a unique build. Uh, I had one coach at American Heritage tell me he's like a bean pole. And, and I think that's very accurate. He, he's like 6'2", 6'3", and he, he's super skinny. Um, but he won, he went up and, and won a few contested balls in the air. And it was a bigger reason why the South Florida Express are, are headed back home with some hardware. Just took a visit to NC State. Ohio State's kind of been kicking the tires. So he, he was a good one. And then finally, KJ Bolden, who's our number one ranked athlete in in the class of, of 2024, I think we need to just move him to safety because that's that's where his future is. Uh, he, he he just makes things easy for the people around him in terms of I think his teammates know that he's going to bail them out if there's if there's trouble and he's got this, the speed to do that. Um, but he 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 looked the part as well. So strong group of safeties and, and I'm going with the three safety look because that's what they're doing on Saturdays and Sundays now, man. It's a, it's turning into a safety game on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, you need that neutralized. You need someone that could do a bit of everything in the secondary. Uh, and before we go, you did name a utility, which is a, a player that you need in seven on seven, right? A guy that's going to be able to fill in whenever you need a guy at the goal line that could maybe give you a little bit of length or, uh, you know, kind of a super sub that can go in there and, and, and match up whenever you need a, a big, important first down. Uh, and you went with Mike Matthews. Mike Matthews, yeah, he's he, he. We ranked him as our number one safety in the in the class of of 2024 a few weeks ago. That was before he had offers from Georgia and Clemson, and, and the Bulldogs and Tigers have have since offered. He's a kid right there in Georgia, and you know we might. might if we're moving KJ Bolden over to, to safety, we should probably move Mike Matthews over to athlete because Hustle Inc. used him as a wide receiver throughout the tournament, and, it, and he made a ton of, of plays there. This is also a basketball kid, just a really, really good athlete. Um, I, I think the word that you describe him is bounce. He can go up and, and get it. Um, so he, he looked the part. 
I don't know where he's going to play at the next level, if it's going to be safety or if it's going to be wide receiver, or wide receiver. but he's got a bright future uh, ahead of him. Yeah, a really exciting list. Remember, you can check it out over at 24-7 Sports. The dream team for the inaugural OT7 tournament. Andrew, it was a pleasure. And uh, next time, maybe you'll be rolling around in one of those Lambos. Uh, we got to get you a really flashy <laughs> car the next time we're rolling through the Las Vegas heat. I know, man. Uh, Avis needs to hook it up next time when we try to get an upgrade. Not that, uh, what was it, like candy blue Toyota 4Runner they tried to give they you? They got the color right, right? <laughs> like if we're going like really sexy sports car, they got the color right. It was like an electric blue. Uh, I thought we we would have looked great just rolling down Durango or whatever street that was. Um, but the car the car itself was was not it. It was locked, so we couldn't even access it. Um, so we ended up changing up, but not to a sports car. So Andrew, uh, thank you so much, and can't wait to do it again. Yeah, thank you, Blair. We'll talk to you later. All right, that is Andrew Ivins, national recruiting analyst for twenty four seven Sports. For Andrew and our producer, Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the West of the Rest podcast. <laughs>